0: Hey everyone, welcome back to our Prove It podcast where we study God's Word and try to find ways to prove it in our lives. We are now four weeks in Mm -hmm. to the book of Mark and got some exciting things on the horizon today. You know, so far we've been seeing how Jesus' ministry began and we saw in chapter 1, where you know there was this time of preparation from John the Baptist, and um, then Jesus was baptized himself, and God really uh, kind of pointed, "This is my son, who I'm well right. pleased." And and he, things got started. Um, and we talked last week about how early in this ministry, as he's defining who he is, we almost begin by um, learning what he's not, and mm. and we have this tension between. These teachers of the law, the Pharisees, the the, the traditional Judaism, right. and and Jesus, and we have a several stories, and finally last week there's a little bit of a break between the two, and uh, and so now we're I, I kind of feel like chapter four is almost like the. You know the maiden voyage of the ship. Like we've we've right. broken away, and now now we get to hear from Jesus Himself. So uh, if you might maybe share, like here we are, chapter four. What are, what are some of the things we're going to get to see this this week?
1: Sure, yeah. I mean, you you go like like you said, you go all the way back to chapter one, and we have this announcement that the the the, the kingdom of God is near. You know, like like the kingdom is at hand. The time has now come. You know that that kind of language being used, and now here we are in chapter. So sometime later, because again, Mark's gospel is um, so so much shorter than some of the other gospels. And so he's just hitting on on, on different parts of it. So there's probably a little bit more time that has passed in, in, in these chapters than possibly some of the other gospels. And we get here to chapter four, and now Jesus is beginning to talk about this kingdom, and so really what we get to talk about today are four parables that, that Jesus tells, all centered around this this theme, really, of, of the kingdom of God, and, um, and then just, you know, all of this is taking place in the, in the course of one day, and uh, then as Peter, through Mark, he even gives us kind of that eyewitness testimony of what happened at the end of this long day for Jesus after, after teaching. So so the majority of our time today, we're, we're going to look at, at parables. And, and, you know, we, we, we see a lot of, of Jesus' teaching was done in parables. I believe it was around 35-40% of Jesus' overall teaching was done okay, yeah. through, through, through parable. And, and really, a, a parable is just a, a practical story that illustrates a spiritual truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always learned
0: as a kid, the the definition, an earthly story with a heavenly meeting, oh, you know, yeah. and, uh, yeah. uh, but yeah, I think that's a, a good, simple definition. And, uh, I, yeah, but there's, there's a lot of interesting things to think about how Jesus taught in this way, because, uh, I think that that word parable, it literally means to lay alongside. Mm-hmm. And so he's using everyday examples, things that they would know, um, and then basically laying it on, alongside a spiritual truth, or like you said, a, a truth about his kingdom. It's, right. this is like this, you know, and uh, uh, what a great way to help teach something that's, that we can't see. Um, but then there's this other element where, and, and the thing I like about Mark, whenever he starts teaching parables in this chapter, is Jesus kind of explains why he does it a little bit later, and we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Um, but there's this element of some people, it, it opens up, the hearts of some people, and then others, it it pushes them away. And uh, just the very idea of teaching in these sort of mysterious, like, you know, what exactly does he mean? Uh, either draws you closer to him, or kind of makes you decide, man, eh, this isn't for me. Right. Um, which is just just interesting that even the very rhetorical device that he uses. Can cause people to be in the position that He's longing for us all to be, which is to seeking Him more and to understanding more. And uh, I just I think that's that's fascinating. So yeah, yeah. I mean, anyway. the
1: the parable what Jesus really really wants to do is He wants to make you think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he just wants to make you think. And, mm-hmm. and and so this is a great time to to be able to look at that, um, just because He really really tries to make you think. Yeah. In, in, in these today. Yeah,
0: so we can go ahead and and jump into chapter four, but before we do that, I Mm realized I forgot to introduce ourselves. So I'm Daniel, by the way, this is Andy, and uh, we we got some new equipment that we're working with, and it's really (laughs) exciting, and so uh, I think I just blew past our our introduction. That's fine, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. so all right, well, let's go ahead and jump into Mark chapter four, and again, this is is the first time we're hearing uh, content from Jesus that is not uh, an answer to you know, one of the religious leaders asking him questions. Like this is now just, this is, this is the messages that he teaches as he travels throughout Galilee. And um, so anyway, we can go ahead and jump in Um, here. I'll read for us. Uh, This is uh, Mark uh, chapter four, beginning in verse one. All right. This is what it says. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into the boat and sat in it out on the lake. While all the people were along the shore at the water's edge, he taught them many things by parables. And in his teaching said, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed as he was scattering the seed. Some fell along the path and the birds came up and ate up. The birds came and ate it up. Some fell along rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants, so that they did not bear grain. Still, other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. Then Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. That's not going to be the first time he says that Mm -hmm. today. When he was alone, the 12 and the others around him asked him about the parables, He told them that the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to those on the outside, everything is said in parables, so that they may be ever seeing, but never perceiving, Mm -hmm. and ever hearing, but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, Don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes it away. It takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seed sown on rocky places, hear the word at once and receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seed sown among the thorns, hear the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires For other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. All right, so we had a pretty big chunk. This is the, mm-hmm. the longest parable in this chapter. Uh so what are maybe as we go through some initial things that stick out to you as as we read through? I mean, this is a, a parable that is probably more popular than 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 most that Jesus teaches. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think
1: there's a few things. One uh initial thought would just be that, you know, this is in most Bibles, New International Versions, it's called the parable of the sower. Um and and there's good reason for that, but the parable is probably as much if not more about the soil than it is about yeah the the sower um and then another thing that that really sticks out to me initially is just how foundational of a parable that this is you know and and as we look at the teachings of jesus and as we look at the way that jesus told parables um we we see throughout the gospels that so much of jesus teaching was similar you know and and uh and, and, and this is one of those foundational parables that Jesus would often, whenever he's getting ready to tell a bunch of stories, each time that this parable comes up in, in the Gospels, this is the first one that's followed by many others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and, mm-hmm. and it's just this foundational parable that Jesus can say, here it is. Now everything else that we're going to talk about is going to build from here. Right, because it's almost like before we can even get to the
0: content of, of what you need to know about God's kingdom, you have to know how to know about it, you right. know, and, and uh, yeah, I love the placement of this story. You know, we talked about chapter three and how we see this break from traditional Judaism, but the rest of that chapter is, is looking at now, now that we've launched something new, we're looking at all these different people. We see the Pharisees and, right. and they're, Furious. Right. You have Jesus' own family that are like, you're crazy. Mm-hmm. You've got the crowds that are like, oh, look at these awesome signs. Show me more, just kind of consuming. Right. Then you have his disciples that are the ones that are truly, who is this guy? And That's I want good. to know more. And and so now then we have this, you know, metaphor and a sense of exactly what's going on. Yeah. And how can we be the type of people that position ourselves to to hear? Uh, and, and understand. And so, yeah.
1: And, and I think that that's so important, the the, the idea of hearing. And mm-hmm. all throughout this chapter today, as you kind of alluded to, whenever you're reading the text, like this idea of listening and ears, and he who has ears, let him hear, you know, and, and hearing and understanding, like that is all throughout this initial teaching of, of, of Jesus in the book of Mark. And, um, you know, I, I think that that's just so important, because we know that uh, Jesus would would say that the from from the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks. But in the same way that the tongue is connected to the heart, also the ears are connected to the heart. James, yeah. the half brother of Jesus, he talked about this. You know, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. Jesus at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is a wise man. Anyone who hears these words and does not put them into practice is a foolish man and so you know this foundational parable built on this idea of 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 hearing and, and exactly what you were talking about you know in, in in some of the previous chapters in in mark you know alluding to the different kinds of soil that the seed falls on and whenever we get 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 to that part of it i i think that this is one of those parables and one of the reasons why i think it's so foundational is that it's really twofold you know you have the the the, the application of okay, what's the soil of my heart? Mm-hmm. Yep. But then you also have the application of, I cannot stop throwing seed, even when it doesn't seem like the fruit is there. Yep.
0: Yeah. And I think just what, what a good, because I've thought, why? Because why, Jesus spends time specifically making sure his disciples understand this one. Yes. You know, and I I've thought about why, and I think you're, you're right, there. I mean, there is the, there is twofold. What about the personal, am, am I hearing, am I positioning myself in such a way mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, produce spiritual fruit, but at the same time, going to the mission that we're on? Like, I, I think what a great reminder from, you know, the very beginning of, you know, maybe if they go back and, and read, you know, Mark's account or Peter's account of, of this time that they spent with Jesus or, or other disciples, just to remember, yeah, what our job is and and to not be discouraged when what you hope to happen doesn't happen because right. that's a reality. Right. You know, there are so many things in this world that are fighting that, that fight for the attention in the hearts of people. And it's a lot of it is outside of your control, but you're responsible for, for spreading that seed and spreading right. that message. Yeah. And yeah. So, yeah.
1: I, it, it reminds me of first Corinthians chapter three, where the apostle Paul is talking to the church in Corinth and he says, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God's the one who made it grow. Mm-hmm. Like, our job is literally to plant and to water seed. Mm-hmm. And the growth and the fruit is completely up to God. And, and And the kingdom is is something that we are called to actively participate in, not just kind of sit back and and, and be a bystander mm-hmm. towards. But uh, re- real quick, let's go ahead and, and kind of just break down yeah, the, uh-huh. the, the, the place where the seed was falling. Uh-huh.
0: Um, yeah, because I loved I know a few months ago you had a sermon i I loved the the specific ways that you described each of these. I'm yeah, sure. yeah, yeah sure. we,
1: mm-hmm. we we have the seed that um, falls along the path. Mm-hmm. and a few months ago, I believe it was November, October, November, um, we talked about that being the hard, unreceptive heart and 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 we've all experienced this we've mm-hmm. all had moments where we've encountered people or you know possibly in some way were are there for a season in our own lives that it didn't matter what you heard it didn't matter what you saw you know like the, the the message of the hope of jesus just did nothing for you your heart was hard it was unreceptive and that would be the seed that falls along the path we have the the seed that uh, falls along the rocky soil which uh we we called it the, the shallow or the superficial heart. It's the it, it's the one that man you hear about the hope of Jesus and you are so pumped up initially, but eventually something happens, you know, there's there there there's a sickness, there's a death, there's a loss of a job, there's something, and you just have this hard time reconciling the faith of the goodness of Jesus with this tension that you're experiencing in, in, in your life. And so sure the 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 this tension causes you to kind of just push back away from who it is that that jesus is and and the hope that 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 you've had in him and Mm -hmm. you kind of back away we've seen that play out so many times the 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 thorny soil would be uh the the divided heart you know it's not that you don't love jesus it's Mm -hmm. just that you love a lot of other things as much if not more mm-hmm. than jesus your allegiance is not to jesus and jesus alone but there's there's any number of things that can compete for that number one place in your life yeah. many of them could be good things mm-hmm. just not the best thing and then obviously we have the the good soil which we call the, the 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 kingdom workers heart and um, and, and so, you know, those are kind of the, the, the soils that, that, that we're dealing with here. And, and then we get into this middle section, you know, after Jesus tells the story and, and he goes to the disciples, he pulls them aside and he just kind of tries to let them know that, you know, love the word and you will get more satisfaction and understanding and who God has revealed himself to be. Refuse the word. And even the understanding that you once had will end up being kind of hidden from you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I think that specifically in that, in between that verse 12, Mm -hmm. you know, when he explains why he's teaching this so that they may be ever seeing, but never perceiving, ever hearing, never understanding. Otherwise they might turn and be forgiven. I mean, that's one of those that it's, you know, you kind of wrestle with like that's, that's so challenging, but I, I think it points to, if you look at the overall context, there is a, a humility that comes first before you can step into the kingdom and and you know that's this is all about our hearts being changed and and um you know I don't think it's that God's like no some people get to yep. understand and some people don't I think it's just a matter of you we have got to get to that place we've got to get to that right attitude um that comes through recognizing man we are we're broken and, and we need we need help and it's the recognition that mm-hmm. some aren't going to get there Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, uh, incredibly unfortunate, but man, as, as, as ministry leaders and anybody else that's in, you know, we're all ministers. Yep. There are times that, man, you can do everything you possibly can, but you can't control that. Right. You know? Um, so anyway, no, that's good. Yeah. And I, I think, yeah. What a great foundational parable to begin things off with, that as, as, as then Jesus teaches more, we've got to continue to be in that, that humble position to, to hear and to, to listen. So uh, well, we can go ahead and keep going. Let's uh, read verses 21 through 25, and he's just going to continue on with, with the parables here. Do you want to read this one?
1: Sure. He said to them, meaning Jesus, do you bring in a lamp and put it under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it up on its stand? For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed, and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. That's just a cool statement there. Mm-hmm. If anyone has ears, let them hear. There that it is again. Consider carefully what you hear. Again, he continued, With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and even more. And whoever has will be given more. And whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them.
0: Yeah. So just kind of a short uh, parable. And, and I think this is a good follow-up, you know, even to the question of, if anyone had a question on if, if, if God was trying to, you know, hide something from certain people, I, I don't think you see that here. I mean, it's right. it's just a reiteration of what, what we're trying to convey is, like, Jesus is, he's hidden in plain sight, you know? Yes. Uh, he's here. If you, if you... Can can get to that place and have that the the right heart that's the the good soil, he's there. He, God's not trying to keep secrets, right? You know, um, and, and that truth is meant to to be out there. But there's so much you know distracting us or um, keeping us sometimes from from seeing it.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I I think that that's the thing is is you have to view the parable of the sower, the parable of the soils, mm-hmm. as this foundational parable that everything else is building. Upon because the, the the rest of this the the parables in this chapter are about how God's kingdom emerges and and, and how it grows um, with the appearance of Jesus mm-hmm. who would ultimately come and give his life as a ransom for many that which is hidden it will ultimately be brought to light and this is kind of what the 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 the, the crucified Jesus assures us and, and and the hope that we have through the resurrection is that what is hidden will be brought to light I mean it's I kind of connect it to what the apostle Paul says in Philippians chapter two, you know, that one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess Mm -hmm. that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so receive the word and gain greater understanding. Refuse the word and lose the understanding that you once had. Yeah. And it's just such a critical, critical spiritual principle. Like do not take for granted. Yep. what it is that you have in Jesus.
0: Mm-hmm. For sure. No, that's great. Yep. Yep. Well, we can keep going. We've got a couple of parables, like you said, that now, now that we kind of know about, okay, what's the, what's the position that our heart should be in and our mind should be in, here is, here's what we need to know about the kingdom and how it grows. And so yep. we've got a couple uh, that have some good, good truths here. Um, so I, I can read those. Starting in verse 26, it says, he also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. And then in verse 30, again he said, What shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. With many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them as much as they could understand. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. But when he was alone with his disciples, he explained everything. All right, so we see a couple of parables. I... This, this first one, the parable of the seed, that is my favorite parable. Uh, really? I remember preaching yeah a sermon with a, a good friend of mine. And we kind of tag teamed it. And I uh-huh. I just, I I love that one. And I think it's just a good reminder of, um, again, what our responsibility is and just knowing and being reminded of what God can do. And, and I love this. This farmer he really has no idea what's going on. I mean, he, he cultivates the soil. Mm-hmm. He plants the seed. That's, that's what he's responsible for. And mm-hmm. yet, just mysteriously, but surely, it grows. And I think there are many times just, you know, I think specifically in ministry, it's easy to buy into the, okay, you know, here are the four steps to growing a church or here are, you know, but it's about sowing the seed. And, and we, we know what God has called us to. It's right. to make disciples to continue to teach what he's commanded and to, you know, the rest of that is up to him. Right. And we just get to sit back and enjoy what, what happens. And, and, and I think sometimes we can create more tension when we try to step into uh,
1: his lane, you know, for sure. I know I've been guilty of that a million times, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and it, but, but it really is, it is one of those like take a deep breath, like take some of the weight that you put on yourself off of yourself. Yeah. Um, Because the, the coming of the kingdom of God is not dependent upon human activity Mm -hmm. and the kingdom of God is moving whether you see it or not. Mm -hmm. And how better to illustrate that through this parable and the simple fact that this Jesus movement that began nearly 2000 years ago has weathered so many storms and So many times of uh, people who claim this the, the, this identity in Jesus have done things that are absolutely not Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> and it all began with twelve simple men,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Like, yeah. and and it's still going, and it's going to continue for generations. Yeah. Until Jesus returns, mm-hmm. and and it is just that that whole thing of. You, Sometimes we're not nearly as important as we think we are mm-hmm. and 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 then you kind of move into this parable of of the mustard seed and 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 you see the desire for the kingdom of God it it is to grow mm-hmm. it is to grow it is to to reach more and it is this thing that it start started so small and in the human life it starts so small but it grows into something so big that ultimately um, it became something that provided so much shade that even birds, and, and, and I mean, most scholars and commentators believe that that's a picture of people from all nations being able to come and find refuge mm-hmm. under the 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 shelter and the provision and, and the protection yeah. yeah of the kingdom of God.
0: Yeah, it's a great image. Yeah, I kind of read too that even, uh, you know, these mustard seeds and this plant was one that was so hard to get rid of too once it mm. grew, you know, and I just think that that is another potential good truth there that it's like, man— it's here to stay. And, and it is, you know, it, yes, something so insignificant and so tiny yep. uh, can, can create that. And again, just a good reminder of even things that we may do now that seem like, ah, eh, this is insignificant or, you know, calling someone on the phone or writing a letter or, you know, speaking a truth when we maybe are like, man, eh, I, I don't need to, you you'd never know the impact that that can have. Right. You know, I, I had the chance to write an article uh, just about kids ministry and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and my wife is in kids ministry and and it's hard when you're dealing with that age because you just don't know if what you're doing is is accomplishing anything. yeah and, um, but I think even just in in my own life, I remember being in third grade and Sunday school class and the teacher talking about wisdom and 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 challenging us to pray for wisdom. and for whatever reason, out of the hundreds of Sunday school classes, that one stuck with me mm-hmm. and and I think that it has changed the course of my life that in those challenging times, I go back to that truth that I learned as a nine-year-old. And and so you just never know what those small things can do and what it can produce in someone else's life or in the lives of, of many more, you know. Um, so it's, it's a good lesson. And, and what a great, uh, again, all of this is so good for his disciples as, you know, the time's going to come where it's them now and right. Jesus is going to leave. But these are the things that, that you need to remember and, and, and the focus that you need to, to keep. So. Right. And that's so good. yeah Yeah, so all right so last section here so this one kind of seems out of place you know we've had all these parables and then we have have a story um so do you want to read that one and then we can or do you want to talk about yeah let's talk about this so we're going to be talking about the sea of galilee right um and so and and kind of a storm here
1: so uh, maybe just share a little more about yeah i mean the, the, the the sea of galilee is 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 right in this area right there in the middle and um the the sea galley if you read through the gospels and, and you see the name lake tiberius exact same uh-huh. body of water and this body of water was so famous and still to this day is famous like you can find youtube videos of like these storms but but it was so famous for these little storms and and and, and ferocious squalls that just seem to kind of pop up out of nowhere uh-huh. and 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 they're famous for like hurricane for force winds and uh, it, there's just such an interesting thing about the location of the Sea of Galilee that kind of lends itself to this, and and mm-hmm. I am by no means I'm. Whenever I was a kid, there is a time in my life where I was like, I want to be a meteorologist Uh and I, I, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) and you just want to stand in front of the green screen and be able to, you know, point at something and it just seemed like the coolest thing, but I am definitely not a meteorologist and I, 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 you know, but, but there's something about just the climate around the Sea of Galilee that, that makes this happen. And from what I understand it, it, a lot of it comes down to the fact that the Sea of Galilee sits nearly 700 feet below sea level. Yet at the same time, it's surrounded by all these hills and especially specifically on like its eastern border. And, um, and, and, and so you, you have these hills, but then also, and, and some of these hills are really, really large, like reaching up to about 2,000 feet. But in addition to the low, low sea level, you know, laying of the Sea of Galilee, the, the, the hills and the cliffs and, and everything reaching nearly 2,000 feet, you also have surrounding the sea like this semi-tropical climate. And, and, and so you have this warm, moist air. And so the difference between the height of the hills and the depth of the sea and and everything can can create like these major pressure waves and, and, and different things that yeah. um, and, and temperature changes. And the Sea of Galilee, as you can see, it is um, small. It is a small body of water, like 100 yeah. times smaller than Lake Erie. Lake Erie is one that you can kind of look at in, in, in the United States and say, it's similar to the Sea of Galilee, except that the Sea of Galilee is like one one hundredth of its size. But the reason they're they're similar is because of their their shallowness. The at, at the deepest point in the Sea of Galilee, it's only about two hundred feet deep. Wow. Yeah, that's not very deep. Yeah. And and so whenever you have these these pressure differences that are happening and and, and these winds that are flowing through the hills surrounding the Sea of Galley, there's just nowhere for the pressure to go mm-hmm. other to uh, other than to the center of this shallow body of water, which can just create very, very violent storms and very, very violent waves. Yeah. And and like I said, you can go on YouTube and, and find these the, these videos of this kind of taking place. Okay still today and it, it's it's pretty interesting but yeah
0: so kind of like every time that they're going out onto the sea it's a risk yes yeah and so what we're going to see here it's yeah you can't predict it and yeah. uh yeah and it isn't that big i think i read like 13 miles long and yeah. like 8 or 9 wide and so yeah. Um, it is so interesting to think about the, you know, I, I love thinking about the time that Jesus came in and, and everything that was going on and how perfect it was. But even in this small region to think this is predominantly where Jesus did right. his ministry and just the the lessons that could be taught here, um, which we're going to see here in just a second. The, and, the, the acoustics and, from uh-huh. like the hills around and yep. the water itself yep. and everything uh-huh.
1: allowed him to speak to large audiences, uh-huh. uh, you know, yeah. with a regular speaking voice. It's, it's pretty fascinating.
0: Yeah. And And this time through as... You know, each of these chapters we see these large crowds come and just the the protection that the sea offered to where you can be in a boat, things get out of hand, or if you need to get away, I mean, he's still human. He can't just go forever. Mm-hmm. We can just go out to sea and, you know, leave the crowds there. So anyway, it's, yeah, it's interesting. So
1: Yeah, anyway. and so let, let's read about what happens here right. mm-hmm. at the sea. That day, so, I mean, this is the evening after Jesus has just spent an entire day teaching You've spent entire days teaching. I've spent entire days teaching. It's so draining. Sure. Uh It is exhausting. Mm -hmm. And that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, and, and, and just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. I love that little detail there. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think this is such a good story that's so uh, great to go back to. Um, and and I think reminding ourselves that, that Mark's purpose is to show who Jesus is, this is mm-hmm. another really big step at that. Yep. You know, I think um, the disciples, they were Jewish. They would have been familiar with a lot of, uh, you know, Scripture and the Old Testament. And uh, there's a verse in, in Psalms that and it's talking about God, and it says He stilled the storm to a whisper. The waves of the sea were hushed. They were glad when it grew calm, and He guided them to their desired haven. Let them give thanks to the Lord for His unfailing love and His wonderful deeds. Uh, his wonderful deeds for men. And, and I love that they ask this question. Um, who is this? Even mm-hmm. the wind and waves obey him. Because I have to think that they maybe go back to that. You know, they know God does these very same things. So if
1: Jesus is doing this, there's. What yeah. is that saying? You know, there's a connection there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, because he's already demonstrated his power and his authority over sickness mm-hmm. and disease. And he's already made like the very, very bold step of a statement of. Of claiming to be the Lord over the Sabbath and therefore kind of being over the law, you yeah. know, and and so it, it is. It's it's just that next, that next step of of Jesus revealing his deity through his authority over nature. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I, I I you you read this short little you know uh, story and and there are so many connections to the story of Jonah. Yeah. Which you know later on Jesus would consider. It would kind of call himself like the, the 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 new Jonah, the better Jonah. But you have these seasoned fishermen who are faced with this massive, massive storm, who have no idea how like they're they're so far in over their head that the only thing they know to do is go to Jesus to to, to go you know in in Jonah's situation, go to Yahweh you know uh, and and I I, I love one my my favorite thing about about this story is just the detail that Mark is writing with. Like it is so obvious that he is writing word for word everything that Peter's told him here. yeah. Because this is an eyewitness testimony. Mm-hmm. Knowing that Jesus was sleeping, exactly where Jesus was sleeping mm-hmm. in the stern. yeah. Knowing that he was sleeping on a cushion. Uh-huh. Like that's just the coolest thing in the entire world uh-huh. to me. That uh-huh. This is a story that is told by somebody who was literally there. Like guys, it was the most insane yeah. thing ever. Who in the world... And you know Peter yes, has man. that picture oh. etched into his mind, you know? Yeah, forever. <laughs> yeah. And, and and it's also one of those stories that, um, you know, we, we kind of talked about it there, and I think it was around verse 12 or so. Uh, th- 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 this is another story that can kind of mess with your, your theology mm-hmm. just a little bit because it was Jesus who said, let's go to the other side. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus is the one who led them into the storm. Yeah and that's something that can make us really really uncomfortable mm-hmm. or it's something that can give us a whole lot of hope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That through our trials and our tribulations, through our pain and our suffering. Mm-hmm. Like none of it ever keep c- catches God by surprise.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great to think about. And I think just of all the all all the things that dis- the disciples got to see and participate in and and yeah, just the ways that jesus taught them this is definitely one of them so well as we kind of wrap things up this is a big full chapter for sure uh but we always like to have this time of our prove it moment as mm-hmm. we go through what what are what's the one thing that you would say as you read that that stood out most to you and affects your life the most um so i'll let you jump in and share what would be your your prove it moment from mark chapter four okay.
1: My proof of moment is is not necessarily a single verse because it's kind of just sprinkled multiple places throughout the chapter. And that is that I can vividly think of times in my life where I was more open to the Spirit in my life and I was more responsive to the Spirit in my life. That each time that that happened, it's almost like the Spirit's voice became clearer and, and, and I was able to... Um, like his guiding was was sharper in, mm-hmm. in 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 my life and likewise there have been seasons in my life to where i wasn't as aware to the spirit's leading and his prompting in my life and i wasn't as responsive to the spirit's prompting in my life and those are seasons to where i can easily see that slowly drifting away, you know, not that I stopped believing in God or anything along those lines, but just slowly kind of drifting away into this place of of, of apathy. And I, I know that whenever those situations happen um, and, and, and we kind of drift away, it's it's not this thing that I was never able to get back to this place of hearing from God again. But it was this thing that it took more drastic measures for me to kind of respond, if that makes sense. And and I'm not saying at all that God put drastic measures in my life to get my attention, even if I was keenly listening to the Spirit of God. I think that a lot of those things still probably would have happened, Yeah, but... It, it it just took those things for me to kind of turn back. Yeah, I I, I guess would be a way. And and so you know, kind of what I, I I wrote was just listen and respond and hear more clearly. Mm-hmm. Ignore and be ap- apathetic and slowly drift away. And and so that that would kind of be my thing for me is just simply a challenge to to listen and respond. And uh, and 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 I promise you will continue to hear more and more. And more and more, and it'll be clear and it'll be sharper mm-hmm. than what it was before.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's great. I think you know this kingdom that God provides provides all all the answers to our life and and the things that you struggle with, the things that you wrestle with, you just continue to position yourself to hear. That's such a such a good message that I think we see here. Um, I think for me, it would be just that very last story, and mm-hmm. uh, we talked about that picture of, of Jesus uh, resting in the back of this boat. and And I think you know, right now, I think everyone has times of just anxiety or we get um, frustrated with things and it's just easy for our emotions to take uh, take over and um but when we follow Jesus and when we imitate him, we can look just like that mm-hmm. in the midst of a storm mm-hmm. and, and I think it's it's you know you look at it and I think again peter rem- remembers all these little details about it because it it doesn't make sense and it's you would never envision anybody like in the midst of a storm storm, that you're able to be completely at peace. Right. Um, But I just think that that is a huge encouragement to us that as we listen and as we have that, that is the type of peace that we can have. Right. Um, And I know before this, you had had a quote that I'd love for you to share. I thought it was so fascinating about that.
1: It is about, uh, this is from a lady named Lottie Moon. And she says, I have a firm conviction that I am immortal until my work is done. And it's just like there's no wonder Jesus was sleeping. It's uh-huh. no wonder he was so at peace. Yeah. He knew his work was not done. Yeah. And so I have the firm conviction that I am immortal till my work is done.
0: Uh-huh. And can you imagine how it would feel to live life every day that way? You know, <laughs> no fear, and and fully trusting God has a plan for my life. Don't know fully <laughs> when it ends. Right. But I know He knows. Right. And and I can rest in that. Right.
1: So, That's so good, man. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, thanks again for joining us and going through this chapter. I always enjoy getting to sit and chat with you. And um, next week we'll be back with Mark chapter five. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and also just encourage you if uh, you want to listen along, if you're watching and want to listen along, this is an actual podcast that you can find on on Apple podcasts or um, Google play or Spotify. Uh, So we'd love for you to uh, subscribe and join if, if it's easier, maybe to listen on your way to work or on your way home. Um, and uh, yeah, we're just excited that you, you are, are tuning in with us each week. And uh, we hope to see you next week.